This is Structured Rambling, a podcast about ideas from literature and about literature. Episodes can focus on a single text or a theme from multiple texts. My name is Paul Sonsby. Welcome. The Man in Black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. There are a handful of perfect opening lines in literature, and like everything Stephen King has ever written, this one is underappreciated. It's perfect. It's the best way to start the most important series ever written by the man known for not knowing how to finish anything. Spoiler, he doesn't end this one all that well either. But, this is the beginning of his opus. Now that said, this man's also written great books like It, The Stand, and 11.22.63. But this was his series, and as the Dark Tower stands at the center of Midworld, the series stands at the center of his fictional universe. And this line is from book one. This is The Gunslinger first published as a novel in 1982, over 20 years before the series would be concluded. He didn't know where he was going. He'd rewrite it in 2003 to suit the remainder of the series. But this thing, this book, is not like the others. As a book, The Gunslinger feels different because it was initially released in serial. It has three main parts and they all refer to and explain each other heavily, as episodic releases tend to do. There's a lot of exposition, which can be distracting once they're collected in a novel form. As well, when King went back and rewrote it for 2003, the legend had grown a bit. His legend had grown a bit too. And he fleshed it out, so he added greater references to concepts like ka, which is kind of the word for destiny. Similar to when he rewrote The Stand in 1990, it kind of messes with your head because your memory of a book conflicts with this new version of it. The language is at times a little formal and stiff. He wrote this back when he was still taking off. And I've known a lot of people who don't get into the series for the gunslingers because of the gunslinger, I should say, because of its strangeness. Fortunately, book two, The Drawing of the Three, is more vintage King and my favorite in the series. Frankly, it might be my favorite Stephen King book ever. The Gunslinger is simply a quest book and sets up much of the rest of the series. The titular gunslinger is named Roland Deschain for Roland after Robert Browning's poem, child Roland to the Dark Tower came. This world, Roland's world, has moved on, experiencing some kind of an apocalypse, and the gunslingers were sort of the knights of the round table, the peacekeepers. However, they were betrayed by a man in black, a wizard. There's one named Martin and one named Walter. They are and they aren't the same person. The man in black character is a version of Flag from Eyes of the Dragon, and Randall Flagg from The Stand, King's multifaceted antagonist who can appear in different worlds. One of the first hints that King had sort of a a central legendarium. 
Um, Roland pursues the man in black for revenge and for answers about the Dark Tower. Apparently, according to King, this story started when he was 19, a number he'll affix to the greater importance in the overall story. It's a power number in this story. He wanted to tell an epic inspired by the Lord of the Rings, but he wanted to wait, otherwise he'd just try to rewrite Lord of the Rings. When it comes to his most epic works, his greatest are generally those earlier ones are referred to, uh, seen as books like The Stand, It, um, then this series. But The Gunslinger wasn't exactly a triumphant opening. As I said, I didn't fall in love with the series until book two. But as I'm also saying, and as Stephen King even mocks in book seven of this series, even people who don't like Stephen King have read more than one book by Stephen King. What this novel does is establish a few key ideas, but it reads as episodically as it is written, and all great quests are, in fact, episodes. Consider The Odyssey, or The Hobbit, or um, The Once and Future King. But much of that is distraction. Very little of what happens in book one matters as the series goes on. But let's start with the gunslinger himself, Roland Duchesne. Today, I roll my eyes that the hero of this American myth has to be a gunslinger, but at least he's called a gunslinger and not my personal pet peeve, a cowboy. But except for his chosen weapon, he's not much of the John Wayne about him. He's more of a knight errant with pistols. Across the book, mostly its middle episode, we get flashbacks to Roland's childhood and his apprenticeship um, as a young gunslinger in a place called Gilead, not to be confused with the totalitarian state from Margaret Atwood's Handmaid's Tale. Not a lot is revealed in these flashbacks because there's not a lot to Roland's character. The more tantalizing parts are references to the fallen world, the betrayal of the, ma of the man in black, and the fall of Gilead. The attack of the good man Farson, whoever that is, as well as Roland's tragic love affair with a woman named Susan. There's his friends, Alan and Cuthbert. Some of this is expanded later, and not always to great satisfaction. Book 4, Wizard and Glass, is all flashback and generally the most disappointing book in the whole series. One thing I should tell you, that in, in the 2003 rewrite that sought to tighten the gunslinger with more of the now finished series is about 35 pages of new material more aligned with the overall mythos. Um, there's more references to Ka, this concept of fate and destiny, uh, a throwaway reference to Billy Bumblers, there's a skeleton scene uh, near the end. Um, this foreshadows book three. On page four, of the new rewritten version of The Gunslinger, there's one paragraph added that says, quote, His hat was gone. So was the horn he had once carried. Gone for years, that horn. Spilled from the hand of a dying friend. And he missed them both. This won't really come back for a couple of thousand pages. And when it does, it'll make you mad that he did it. Through his actions and flashbacks, Roland is shown to be stoic, wise, but not really sharp, humorless, and single-minded in his intent. His quest for the man in black and the dark tower is all-consuming and singular, and will kill more than a few people. It's given you're supposed to picture Clint Eastwood, but I never did, although I didn't picture Idris Elba either. 
The only other two characters of significance in this first book are Jake Chalmers uh, and the Man in Black. Jake is an orphan uh, Roland finds along the way, and his role is to show that there's a connection between Roland's world and our world. Jake is from New York City in the modern, that is, Kirka 1980 era, and he was killed by the man in black driving a car before Jake ended up in Roland's world. So immediately you have magic. And speaking of magic, the man in black, as I said, is a wizard. He's so enticing and tantalizing a figure. Um, He's from Roland's past. Uh, He uh, had uh, some kind of a tryst with his mother, um, and he prophesizes at the end of the book. The Man in Black is, as I've said, connected to other versions of King's uber-villains of 80s stories. He appears to die as time shoots forward at the end, but comes back in book three only to be wasted for the sake of a new and I feel pointless villain in book seven. The Man in Black reads the Gunslinger's Tarot, predicting the drawing of the three. Then he reveals some of the confusing cosmology of this place and will later be that, a place that will later be called Midworld. Both Jake and the Man in Black tell the gunslinger that, quote, there are other worlds than these. A vast series of repeating versions of people and things with a dark tower at, at its center. Roland knows Hey Jude by the Beatles. He knows of machines from Jake's world. Jake and the man in black travel between the worlds more than once. So the ending of this book, and maybe the first page, are the most significant. Oh, and there's a succubus, but I'll come to that. Point is, you have these things that echo through the story. Otherwise, it's three episodes and some flashbacks, mostly just there to build up the man in black, who was then taken from us. This first episode is a, is a framed story. The gunslinger meets a lone individual with a talking raven, is told that the man in black came that way. He tells this man about his time in the village of Tull, where the man in black had left him a trap. He has a relationship with a scarred woman named Allie, who in turn uh, tells him of the man in black's visit. Yes, this first episode has a story within a story within a story. Get ready for the next seven books. Uh, Martin slash Walter O'Dim brings uh, a weed eater named Nort back to life and leaves a message for Allie. 19. Roland knows it's a trap, but investigates anyway until Allie says the word, that number, and all hell breaks loose. This first episode ends with the first real gunplay of the story, and it reveals, fortunately, that this isn't the typical western american stuff in desperation to save himself roland guns down every man woman in and child in tall including Allie. they're all possessed and it's designed to establish the threat of the man in black who i feel once again is underutilized for the rest of the series the second episode is far more fantastic this is where roland discovers jake and we as readers Uh, learn that this story connects somehow through the Dark Tower to our own world. As I've said, Jake is also one of the series' most important characters, 
though in book one, he's there as a sacrifice to show how far Roland will go to achieve his quest. There are some of the tantalizing but ultimately fruitless flashbacks. One shows a young Roland sacrificing a bird to accomplish his goals, and Jake doesn't miss that parallel. There's a mysterious a magical jawbone, slow mutants pursuing them on an old underground railroad. Roland has sex with a succubus demon for information, and King will have this connect back with books three and four and eventually seven. Yes, it shows long-term planning, but it's for the sake of a lame villain, in my opinion. Not as lame as the Crimson King, but that's what you get for naming your mm, ultimate bad guy after, well, a Crimson King. King Crimson, I should say, album. The final section of the novel is the palaver, as he calls it, between the gunslinger and the man in black. This sees most of the rewrite of the Martin slash Roland slash man in black as he reads Roland's tarot and then basically sets up the whole universe. The answers don't satisfy, few in this series ever will, but it now ties the gunslinger into the series proper better in the 2003 rewrite. In truth, The Dark Tower really doesn't become its series until book two. He wrote it over a quarter of a century. The stretch is so long that the books don't exactly jive. I remember uh, rereading them in anticipation of the final three that came in quick succession. And it, 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 when you read the books, they feel like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Gunslinger isn't bad, but it's good that it's short. It's a bit of a clumsy connection of disconnected episodes, which is a small version of what the whole series is until book five, The Wolves of Kala. Books five, five, six, and seven are the most cohesive because they were written tight together. But so much later, there's some significantly altered or abandoned ideas from these earlier books. In 1980, Stephen King set out to create his own mythical epic. He didn't know where it was going or where it would end up. And because there was so much time between books, it doesn't always feel like a connected series. Many potential ideas are altered or abandoned. The gunslinger himself, Roland, is an uninteresting and uninspiring character. In book two, uh, he we are introduced to actual dynamic characters and the interest factor in the story becomes much greater. Book three sees uh, the move to become much more of a fantasy quest, though this isn't really continued. Um, Book book three is a good sequel to book two, Um, but the quest isn't really continued until book five, um, and then it's altered considerably after the decades-long gap. For every triumph, there are two... Um, plot lines that are sort of abandoned. Um, What I'm saying is The Gunslinger is a fair start to a good series. It only makes sense now in context of the 2003 rewrite, and even then, it's an entry point book. However, as an entry point book, even for Stephen King, it reads fast. I really like this series. It's got peaks and valleys, But after The Gunslinger, you get two peaks. I would get through it, go, huh, and then get on to some really big joy. Okay?
Tune in, I don't know when, a couple months from now, when I'll do book two, The Drawing of the Three. I want to thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed my podcast, please feel free to give me a rating and review. Episodes come out at the beginning and middle of pretty much every month. Have a great day.